good. It's so good to be here um, this morning. She's she's teacher's pet. She's always loud and happy and joyous, so it's always good. I can always see smiling faces. It's good to see smiling faces from up here because sometimes when I'm talking, you guys aren't smiling (laughs) and stuff, and so it's, it's always better. Um, for me when I see the smiling faces. But I'm really glad you're here this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what we're going through as we continue to go through um, the book of Acts. And like I said, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through it all. Um, but every week as I'm studying, I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And this is amazing stuff. And, and it, it's good stuff. And so I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're getting stuff out of it. Um, thus far, um, last week we had a big transition uh, moment in, in the book of Acts. Um, all of a sudden, um, we've seen Paul and his conversion. Um, Peter last week um, got word that, hey, go talk to the Gentiles. And all of a sudden, the door opened up for all of us. And so I'm so thankful that transition happened because if it didn't, you and I wouldn't be here this morning. Um, God's plan always and forever since Abraham. If, if, if you've come on Sunday nights and all, we talked about the covenants. God's plan was always that there would be a blessing to all the nations. And we're part of that. Um, because God opening the door and saying, no, let, let's, this the gospel goes to everyone, and is to, it's for everyone. And so I, I'm excited as we continue that story and we go on that line again this morning. But what's really interesting this morning, we're going to talk about um, kind of like a little pause in between. Like I said, Paul just got, he just got changed. He got saved. He's getting his mission. He's getting his training. He's headed back to Jerusalem and then heading out and starting all these churches. Peter just gets the word and that vision of the clean and unclean and God saying, don't call unclean what I've made clean. Go to Cornelius. Go and do that. And, and so we have this transition happening. And I love this little story. It's one of my favorite stories. It's, to me, it's one of the funniest stories. And it, it matches us so much. Um, and the way we approach God and everything. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Acts chapter 12. And we're going to be talking about prayer um, this morning. It is so important that we get a grasp on prayer. Um, this church started with a group of people walking around neighborhoods praying. Um, this, this church got started with a group of people gathering in my, in my living room and praying. And, and I, I don't believe this church will go any farther unless we are a praying church. Um, we, we have to be a praying church. It is where we get our power and everything. And so I'm excited to share this morning what God has laid on our hearts. But in Acts chapter 12, if you don't have a Bible, we have them available. Grab one. If you don't have one or you don't own one, man, put your name in that. That's our gift to you. If you want to use our Wi-Fi because you like electronic devices, um, it says GBC Guest. Just type in Find More. Um, but as always and forever, as I am pastor, these are the only words that matter. Nothing that I say makes any difference nothing at all it's these words and so out of respect of that and out of the authority of that i'm going to ask if you'll just stand with me as we read in acts chapter 12 starting at verse 6 it says when herod was about to bring him out for trial that very night peter bound with two chains was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. Striking Peter on the side, he woke him up and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Get dressed, the angel told him, and put on your sandals. And he did. Wrap your cloak around you, he told him, and follow me. So he went out and followed, and he did not know, what, he did not know that what the angel did was really happening. But he thought he was seeing a vision. 
After they passed the first and second guards, they came to the, the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. They went outside and passed one street, and suddenly the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. He knocked at the door of the outer gate, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer. She recognized Peter's voice, and because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the outer gate. You're out of your mind, they told her, but she kept insisting that it was true. And, and they said, it is his angel. Peter, however, kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. Let's pray. God, I just thank you this morning. God, you are a God that hears our prayers. You're a God that wants our prayers. And there is nothing that we could face, nothing that we could have to do or decide, God, that is bigger than you. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you would just speak to us, that you would encourage us. God, that you would enter into this conversation, Father, and that it would be your words and not mine. God, that you would meet us where we're at and challenge us, encourage us, but God, change us. God, may you put a fire in us this morning. God, may revival begin this morning. God, let it begin with me as we talk about this issue of prayer and, and we just dive into it. God, reveal your plan, your purpose. <laughs> Father, I pray for ears to hear and hearts to respond this morning. God, and the courage to actually live it out once we leave this building. God, no matter what, I just I pray that you have your way. Hide me. Let this be all about you. Do the work that you want to do this morning. And may you get all the glory and all the credit. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Have you ever been one of those people that you... you you try everything, and then in the end, it's just like a, you have like the pop-up prayer. You know, it it just seems like you know, like when I pray, there, there's like certain times you know when you pray, you pray before your meal. You know, God is good, God is great. Thank you for this food, Amen. You know, um, and, and that real quick, or, or all of a sudden something just goes like chaotic and, and everything, and they're like, oh, maybe I should pray now, and everything. It it, it fascinates me, and, and I struggle with this too. Um, why don't we start with prayer? Why don't we ever just start with prayer? Why, why don't we start with the, the person that knows more about the situation, has more control of the situation, knows exactly how it's going to end up? Why don't we ever start there and, and start with, with prayer? Uh, you know, my, my wife is a prayer warrior. She, I wish I could pray like her. I mean, she, she loves to pray and stuff. I, I'm that guy that, like, sits there in the chair. I'm doing my devotions more. I start praying, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, like, either dozing off or ESPN just magically comes on, you know. So I don't, I don't know how. It's something wrong with my TV. But, but it, it, it just happens like that. And, and I think so often that we, we don't make prayer, like, the first resort. And I love that the early church that they did that that was it. They knew that was the backbone that was that was the heart and the the foundation of everything that was going to happen is with prayer but but just to give you kind of a background, like I said earlier we we've got like Peter has gone to see Cornelius. the church is growing. 
the church is spreading out to Antioch, and it's starting to spread. And Paul is about to start his journeys and start things going and everything. And, and in the middle of all this, in the middle of um, Paul and then chapter 13, where out the entire book of Acts really starts turning towards Paul and the stretching of the church and the, and the growth of the church and everything, we have a little pause right here. And, and, and stuff is happening. Ma- major stuff is happening. Look, look, look at uh, verse 1 back in, in chapter 12. Look at verse 1. It says, About that time, King Herod um, violently attacked some who belonged to the church. And he executed James, John's brother, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter, too, during the festival of unleavened bread. After the arrest, he put him in prison and assigned four squads of four soldiers, each to guard him intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying fervently to God for him. I, I, I love this picture that you see there's trouble happening. And, and, and unless you kind of live in a cave somewhere and, and you never turn on like a TV or a radio and stuff, there's a lot of trouble out in the world right now. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of things going on. And there, there's persecution happening for Christians all over the planet. There, there's hard times. And, and right here, we're seeing that, that continuing kind of pressure against the church. That they don't want to see it happen. They still think it's a sect. It's a problem and everything. And, and so you have persecution happening. You have James being martyred, the brother of John. And then all of a sudden, you have Peter arrested. The Peter, the guy that they would consider kind of the head of the church in Jerusalem that started, the guy that stood up at the Pentecost and preached, and the church began at, at, at that moment. He's arrested, he's in prison, and, 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 and not luckily, but for God's omnipotence, there was a feast and a festival going on, and the Jews aren't going to do anything, so they just put him in prison, and they jail him, and they put plenty of guards there. But everything looks really, really bleak. And what does the church do? The church prayed. The church prayed. They said, God, we, we don't have any control over this situation. We, we, there's nothing we can do. We're, we're not a military force. We can't go take them by force. We can't do anything. And they just started praying. I, I just, I just got to encourage you this morning that whatever you're facing this morning, the best place to go is to God. There's nothing too bad or too big or too hard that God can't handle. We don't upset God. God never gets like, are you complaining still? Are you asking me about that again? He never gets tired of hearing us pray. And all prayer is is a conversation between us and God. He already knows what's going on in our life. He already knows what's happening in this world. Our God is sovereign. He, He knows all that. But the question is, is do we know that he's big enough? See, I think prayer is not about changing God's heart, but it's about changing our heart. Because when we start talking to God and we are honest with God, I'm not talking about like the King James prayer. I I remember, man, we were at a church, we were at a chapel, I was a youth pastor in in Sicily, and and, um, I had, had a chaplain that he would just talk, he was like from Nebraska, and he was just, he just normal every time talking, and then he would get up and pray, and all of a sudden he'd be like, oh thou Lordeth, oh Godeth, thou art the greatest thingeth of alleth. I'm like, you got a lisp? What, what's happening here? <laughs> what, what's, what's happening? It's like we figure like, oh, we have to pray a certain way and stuff. I don't think the church was sitting there just going, I think they were banging like, God, we don't know what to do. 
And so often I think we are at that place and God is just saying, hey, listen, I know what's going on, but you talk to me about it and watch how I change your heart. Watch how I build your faith. Watch how I show you what, 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 what I am doing. And, and in fact, that's what James talks about in James 5.16. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The urgent request of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Do we understand the power we have in the ability to pray? It's limitless. We can be praying for things that are all the way on the other side of the planet. We can be praying things that, that are to come for the future. We can be, we can be praying for all kinds of things, and, and it, it's limitless. But we come and pray. I, I love that whole passage in James. He says, like, if you're sick, pray. Go talk to people. Gather around. Put hands on each other. Keep praying. Keep talking to God. Keep sharing. Because there's something that happens when we release, and we say it out loud. My favorite part of the day, no matter when it happens, is when I get to sit with my wife and tell her, like, blah, here's all the stupid stuff. There's, like, this release that happens when we just open our hearts and share. I mean, it's like last two nights ago, I was at Universal working, and I, I was the connector, which means I was connecting people to the exit, <laughs> gladly saying, yes, it's this way, keep going. But we have these moving sidewalks, these power walks at Universal. It's, it's really great. On that night, they all went down. I had people coming up like, oh, my gosh, we spent so much money for parking and, and nothing works. And I says, listen, Disney charges the same amount for parking. They didn't got these things. <laughs> One lady came by me and says, what are you trying to do, make us lazier? I'm like, <laughs> I had to stop her for a moment. I says, man. Can you explain that? Because we're making you – after a while, I just started telling people it's fitness week, and we're just trying to help them out. <laughs> that Voodoo Donuts down there was selling too many donuts, and the health department is making you guys walk now because you're all carrying these giant boxes of donuts and stuff, and so now we can't turn these on. Uh, it, it's just – it's crazy, but, man, it's just all stuff. There's something that happens when there's just a release. That's what God wants. He already knows. It's, it's not for his benefit. It, it's for ours. And can I tell you, when you have no place to turn, you can always turn to God. He's, he's just waiting for us. And, and I know sometimes we think maybe I'm going to offend God or I'm going to upset him. Listen, my God's bigger than your hurt, your anger. Your disappointments, all that he is bigger than all of that, and none of it hurts his feelings. Be honest. But let's start with prayer. Let's not make it just something that we do on the off chance when the meal comes or something. We, we've got to start with it. it it's got to be a natural part. I love that the church, Peter goes to jail, and the thing says, and the church prayed fervently to God. They didn't know what was going to happen. They just saw James killed. They didn't know what's going to happen, Peter. And I, I don't think they, they, I think they were just praying, God, let your will be done. Isn't that how Jesus taught us to pray? Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? But there's something happens when, when, when we pray. But, but part of that, too, is understanding that God is big. 
that we may not understand the outcome. We don't know wh what's going on, but our God is bigger. And because of that, we can have a faith that does not fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. And, and I think so many of us in the world and uncertainty of our lives, we, we stand in fear. We're, we're so nervous that we, we can't do anything. I, I love that Peter, Peter obviously was not afraid. Look at verse 6. He knew what just happened to James. He's in prison. There's four squads of guards watching him. He's chained up between a couple of them. There's everywhere, and it says, When Herod was about to bring him out for trial, that very night Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while the sentries in front of the door guarded the prison. I, let's stop there. He was asleep. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I'm really stressed or I'm worried about something, sleep is like the last thing that I'm able to do. And I kind of wonder if Peter was sitting there when he put in his prison, he's like, well, you know, it's been a hard day. I'm going to take a nap. Thought about the night they were on a boat when a storm was rocking everything, and they're all freaking out, and Jesus is in the back snoring. <laughs> and they got to walk up to him, don't you care? We're going to die. And Jesus is like, really? I was getting a nap. What? Quiet. And everything calms down. Because Peter knew his God, his faith was bigger than whatever was going to happen. He wasn't worried. You know how many times in the Bible it basically says, don't worry. I have to read that every single day because me, I'm a worry wart. Ask my wife. I get up, I go to work, or I'm doing something like, oh, this is going to be horrible. This is gonna, like, I'm just like, oh, what's going to happen and everything? And, and God's like, wait a minute, don't you trust me? Focus on today. Tomorrow has enough worry for itself. And my God already knows what tomorrow is and the next day and every other day. And so I love that Peter was just sleeping there. And I don't know if he was really expecting anything. Look at verse 7. He says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. Striking Peter on the side, he woke him up and said, quick, get up. And the chains fall off his. Peter was so resting that the angel had to like, hey, dude. <laughs> hey, buddy. Notice the light? <laughs> Wake up. See, I, I believe faith tells us to fear not. But I think sometimes we also get so comfortable that God shows up at unexpected times. And we're like, whoa, what happened here? Oh, wait, God doesn't work on your watch. <laughs> there are days I wish he did. <laughs> you know, that's where we get that, that 12th hour of prayer. God, it's the 12th hour. He's like, no, I'll wait till 13. <laughs> See, God always works on his timing and stuff. And so when we're praying and we're asking God to do something, it may not be at the time that you want him to answer, or it may not be the time that you think it needs to be answered. All you have to do is be ready for him to answer. You just have to be ready. Because it's going to happen unexpectedly. It's almost every time it's going to happen. 
And so prayers get answered. But I think a lot of times those, those answers require action. It requires us to do something that God says, okay, here you go. I'm going to open this door. Or I'm going I'm to set this up or I'm, I'm going to give you this place or here's a plan to fix it or, or to do this and stuff. But it still requires action. Look at, look at verse 8 and 10. The angel looks and says, get dressed, the angel told him, and put on your sandals. And he did. Wrap your cloak around you, he told him, and follow me. So he went out and followed. He did not know that what the angel did was really happening, but he thought he was seeing a vision. And after they passed the first and second guards, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened to them by itself. They went outside and passed one street, and suddenly the angel left him. It, it, it's this it's this beautiful picture. All of a sudden, Peter knows the church is praying. I bet Peter's praying too, like, God, whatever needs to happen, I just, you know, if you could rescue me, that, that's awesome and everything. And, and he does. And I, and I think sometimes God shows up and we get that deer in the headlights thing. You, you ever see that where, like, all of a sudden you're just like. And God's like, I'm answering your prayer. I'm <laughs> really. <laughs> what do I do? Can you imagine if Peter just sat there and he's like, no, this, is a, this is a crazy dream. All right, I'm just going to go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, my chains fell off. Can, hey, guys, can you bolt those back on for me, please? <laughs> I love this story. I, I love this story because I think God answers questions, but he doesn't, I don't think God does every single thing for us. I think part of our faith is us actually stepping out in faith. That when he shows up, and, and when we're praying about something, God shows up and he says, listen, here's, here's, I've got this for you. That there has to be some movement. Peter wasn't sure that it was a dream or not. All Peter knew is like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do what I'm told. I'm not really sure what's happening right now. I'm just going to get up and do that. And, and so I think God does that. And maybe for us, some of us, some of us have financial issues and we're praying, God, God how, do, how do I deal with this stuff? And, and how do I get out of debt? And God's like, okay, here's a plan and stuff like financial peace and all that stuff. I wish that financial peace, all I had to do was read the book and then I'd wake up the next door and my bank account was perfect. I'm like, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> it don't work that way. I, I got to pay off debt and I got to save money and I got to do all the stuff. There's actions to. I wish that I could just sit there and say, okay, God, you know, I just want you to grow the church. So I'm going to sit here until you do. <laughs> it don't work. I, I got to go out and talk to people. I got to go invite people. God, I want to see your gospel spread across the nation. I want to see it spread across the world. All right, but I'm going to be my lazy boy. Well, I'm praying for your gospel to move. You just go ahead and move. And God's like, okay, get up and move. I believe God answers our prayers, but it's a lot of times it requires some type of action. Often there's work to, the, to be done when the answers come. So often our, our prayer requests lead to some kind of step. And God opens the door. We just have to be obedient and have the courage enough. Like, okay, here, here I go. God, I'm praying for this neighbor down there that they would just come to know you and everything. Maybe the answer is you walking down the road, knocking on a door and say, hey, can we have coffee? See, we can't just sit there. I, I think so. And I hear this all the time of people like, well, I'm just going to wait for the Lord's will. The Lord's will, and they use that kind of as an excuse to say, 
okay, God, you're going to do it. I'm just going to sit here. But we are invited to partner with God to join in him with him to do the work. He doesn't need us, but he wants us to. Like I said, praying isn't about changing God's heart. It's about changing yours. Sharing the gospel isn't about that God can't do it without us. It's about us growing in our faith and our understanding of who we are. Because when you can, when you can verbalize, when you can speak out what you believe and why you believe, then it's deeper and it's rooted into you and stuff. And so there's action always required. It's not just sitting around singing Kumbaya and reading Habakkuk. Listen, I, I just want you to know the church was never meant to be a holy huddle. And, and I wonder, we, so many churches today, this morning, are praying, God, bring revival, bring revival, bring revival. And God's like, I'm bringing it, get up and do something. We can't just sit and huddle together when there's a world that's lost and needs it. And so, so as God answers the prayer, man, th- th- there's work to be done. And know this, that even if you don't understand how or why, understanding will come. I, I, I promise you that. Look, look, at, look at verse 11. You know, Peter, the chains have fallen out, the angel left him. He's outside and all of a sudden it says, when Peter came to himself, when Peter came to his senses, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's grasp and from all that the Jewish people expected. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many had assembled and were praying. And he knocked at the door at the outer gate, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer that. All of a sudden, Peter's like, oh, <laughs> I'm rescued. Okay, I get it. I should go someplace instead of standing in the middle of the street. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I can tell you. Now, listen, I, I'm not saying that every single time God answers prayer, and we're like, okay, now I get it. Now I understand. Well, I, what I've found in my life and in my faith that I'll read a passage and God will put something on my heart. I'm like, I don't get that. And like 10 years from now, I'm like, it'll bring it back to me. I'm like, oh, now I understand. I can promise you that one day you will understand. But you and I aren't commanded to understand. We're commanded to obey. There's a huge difference. If all of us are waiting to do something for God when we understand fully of who he is and what he wants to do, we ain't going to do nothing. But I promise you the day is coming. In fact, it it even says, Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians. He says, for now we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. There's going to be a day when we're going to stand before God and all this stuff. They're like, God, I don't know why you asked me to do this and do that. I'm just going to obey that we're going to sit there and God's just going to like, here it is. And we're going to be like, oh, wow. That's why I believe there's only one church. There's going to be one church in heaven, and he's going to pull, on the first day, he's going to pull all the pastors together, and we're all going to sit up there, and Jesus is going to say, this is church, and we're all going to sit there and go like, wow, that makes so much more sense than what we were doing. (laughs) We will understand, but you're not called to always understand. We're called to obey, to move. Can I tell you something? If I can fully understand everything there is about God and why he does things, that is too small of a God for me to spend my life with. 
because we want to follow someone that's bigger, that's greater. I mean, he even says in Isaiah, I, I mentioned it last week, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher. We're not going to understand. And that's where our faith comes in because we follow a God that is bigger than our understanding. And aren't you glad for it? That our God is that big? The other thing is, listen, when God answers our prayer, don't don't be surprised. <laughs> I, I think I this is me. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This, this is me. I pray and I ask and stuff. We we had a whole thing um, that um, our car died at the beginning of summer and it was like gone and dead. I'm like, all right, well, we still have this van that has like no shocks and it's like a hoopty, you know. <laughs> Going up and down with the AC that every time you fill the AC in a week, it's gone. And by like June, the end of June and July, you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to drive. It's so hot. I'm like, God, we need cars. We actually need two cars. That's a crazy prayer. I don't know how it's going. We need two cars and everything. And so finally, we get back vacation. We get everything set up. Like, all right, let's just, we get a notice in the mail. So you're pre approved. We're like, all right, whatever. We're going to try. Go down to a car lot. And we're like, well, we'd like two cars. We walked out with two cars, and I'm literally standing in the parking lot going, this ain't right. <laughs> and she's like, God answered our prayer. I'm like, this we act surprised when God shows up. It's like we pray, but we don't really believe he's really listening. Well, God's too busy. I mean, all that stuff in the Middle East, he ain't got time for me. <laughs> There's a bunch of crazy stuff happening in the world. Look at look at our comments. I mean, we're going to election year again and stuff and, and all this stuff. Mark, I am praying for you every day <laughs> that I listen to Fox News and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be another long one. And there's crazy stuff happening. God doesn't care that I have one car with no AC that overheats every like third day. It's not, but we, we, we don't expect answers. And, and again, James talks about it. He says, listen, he's talking about wisdom and anything, but I think it applies to all of it. He says, if, before he says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. If you don't understand something, if you're looking for direction, ask God. But I love, he puts this kind of added into it. He says, in verse 6, he says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubters like the surging, surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Is that what your faith is like? Is that what your prayer life is like? Just being tossed all around every which way? Don't be surprised. Look, look at what happens here. I love this is my favorite part of the story. Look at verse 14. He knocks on the door, Rhoda answers and says she recognized Peter's voice. And because of her joy, she didn't open the door. Opened the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the outer gate. They're praying. Get the picture of this. This is hilarious. They're praying, Lord, save Peter. Rescue him. He knocks on the door. The girl runs out. It's like, wow, that's Peter. Didn't even think so. Maybe I should let him in. <laughs> and then look how they respond. In verse 15, they're like, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting it was true. And they said, it's his angel. Peter's dead. 
which is really bad theology. By the way, when you die, you don't become an angel. I don't want to be an angel. I want to be standing in front of Jesus as his creation and stuff as a child, not an angel. <laughs> but it's, it's his angel. But I love Peter, however, kept on knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him and they were amazed. Listen, I struggle with this. I pray for things, and I'm like, God, I just, I don't know. And I'm the guy that stands up there and says, dream a dream so big that God's not in it, it'll fail. And I go home, and I dream, and I pray about this church and on my life and for you guys and what God wants. And, and I sit there and go like, well, you know, hopefully. But we're supposed to pray in faith. Listen, I can tell you that God will always answer your prayer. It's yes, no, or wait. But there is always an answer. So let's not be surprised when he answers. Let's be ready for him to answer. I still believe God is going to grow this church to something that nobody could have imagined. That God's going to do something in this community in four corners that none of us could have imagined. And it's going to be so big and so fantastic that God is the only one that can get credit for it. I believe that with all my heart. If I didn't, I promise you, I would be in bed right now. <laughs> I got off work at 3 o'clock this morning. I'd be in bed. At 8 o'clock, I rolled over. My wife's like, you should get dressed for church. Like, it's, I'm like, it's like I'm in school again. Five more minutes, Mom. <laughs> I sleep a little bit longer. But I, but I believe that. Do you believe that in your prayers? Do you believe that God's going to answer? Listen, every situation that you face, everything that you are going through, good or bad, everyone is an opportunity for God to show up and show off. The bigger the deal, the greater the glory for God. Don't be surprised when God blesses you or God answers that prayer. Don't be surprised. Be ready. Be ready for it. But the, the truth is, is the key for us to really be praying and for God to do that is to ask according to his will. See, we, uh, one of the, the greatest tragedies in, in, in modern uh, conservatism and in the church today is this whole thing called the health and wealth gospel. Where there are pastors and there are people standing up and saying, listen, if you just pray that God wants to give you a jet plane, God will give you a jet plane if you have enough faith. Because you just have to have faith to have all that. And you can, you can have the mansion, you can have the pool and the 97 cars because God wants to bless you that way. And nothing bad will ever happen to you. You just have health and prosperity because that's what God wishes for you. And God wishes the very best for you, but he also promises trial and tribulation. It turns my stomach when I see some Facebook post of a guy saying, listen, I've got a Learjet, and it's just not fast enough, so I want the newer one. And I believe by God's faith that you're going to pay for it. <laughs> I want to write him a check just so it'll bounce. <laughs> Saying, you idiot, get off of Facebook. Because that, that's not it. But I, I am telling you that, listen, we have to ask according to his will. And the only way that you're in his will is if you know him. 
And there's a lot of people that come up to me and says, I pray to God all the time and everything. And he doesn't do anything for me. And then they just string off a word, string of cuss words and all kinds of stuff. And like, I got drunk last night and all this stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, you want God to do for you, but you don't want to do for God? It don't work that way. We pray according to his will. And you know what his will is? I've said it before. His will for your life, his will for this plan is very simple. Know him, make him known. And we pray according to that. We pray, God, we want to see lives change. We want to see salvation happen. We want to see families restored. We want to see hope restored. Those are prayers that God answers. Those are prayers that God does. Because whatever is going to bring him glory is what he's going to do. In 1 John 5.14, he says, Now this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And he answers. We pray according to his will. That's what Jesus is talking about back in John 15, where he's like, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You know, if you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. See, the thing is, when we are in such a close relationship with Christ, when that relationship is growing, I want the things that Christ wants. And I hate the things that he hates. My heart starts feeding that, and my prayer life matches that. It's not about, like, I want this, I want that, I want that, I want this. Gimme, 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 gimme. You know, you, how we would Christmas shop when my kids were little was, remember the J.C. Penny catalog? Oh, my gosh, every page was bent on the toy section. <laughs> Like, give us your Christmas list. Let's, let's make your Christmas list. And like, I want, 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 I want. And we look at that and says, oh, don't be selfish. Don't be ridiculous. But isn't that how we treat God? God, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want a better job. I want more money. I want a bigger house. I want this. I want, I want that. And that may be God's plan for you. And that's awesome. By the way, if God blesses you, I guarantee he's blessing you so that you'll be a blessing to someone else. Blessings are never just for us. What if our prayer life was like, God, what do you want? God, you say you want all people to know you. God, do that through me. God, you, you said that we should take care of the poor, the widows, the orphans. God, do that through me. God, end the suffering. Lord Jesus, even now, come. Let your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Now. We, we pray according to God's. And when we pray that way, God, I, I think God just gets a smile on his face. He's like, now you get it. Now, now you understand. Now the truth is, is guys, no matter what, doubters are going to doubt. I, I've told you over and over again, like it, it, sharing the gospel, all that stuff. Don't be stressed about it because it's not up to you. It's God that saves. It's Jesus that hung on the cross. You're not going to save anybody. And all you can tell is what God has done in your life. And in the midst of that, I just I want to warn you and tell you, doubters are going to doubt. People are still going to doubt. Oh, that's not we, we try to explain God away. And God is, God is inexplainable. God is uncomprehensible. God, God is huge. God is large. And, and we can't ever explain enough. And so doubters are always going to doubt. And that's okay. 
Don't worry about that. Don't worry about when people say, well, that was just a natural phenomenon. When Jesus turned water to wine, there actually were like grapes in there. And, and because of the heat, it fermented. And then suddenly it became alcohol. <laughs> That's the scientific explanation. When he walked on the water, there were little stones. That's <laughs> people that they don't know. And they have to explain it away because if they, have, if they trust it, then they got to admit, oh, I need a savior then. And so doubters are going to doubt, and, and that's what's happening. Look at verse 17. It, it says, motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them, Peter's talking to, of how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell these things to James and the brothers, he said, and then left and went to another place. Look at 18. At daylight, there was great commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. Can you imagine that day <laughs> going into work, going, What happened? Our prisoner's gone. <laughs> he was chained right here. <laughs> we we don't know. After Herod had searched and did not find him, he interrogated the guards, ordered their execution. Then Herod went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. there there's doubters are going to doubt. Don't They'll always try to explain away miracles and what God does in your life. Don't worry about it. You just trust to... You just trust what you know is true. That's what I tell people. I'm never going to convince anybody that Jesus is the way. But no one's ever going to change my mind. And people can argue with me about the historicity of this and the archaeology and and the science of all this. That's fine. But the one thing no one can ever argue with me is what Jesus has done for me. Nobody can take that away. Nobody can change my mind about that. And so we pray. We pray according to his will. We pray believing. We pray knowing that God is going to answer. Maybe in his timing, and we're just going to be ready for that. I love this. The great theologian F.B. Meyer says, The greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. The greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. How many blessings, how many moments of growth have you missed because you didn't go to God and say, God, can I talk to you about this? It doesn't take special language. It doesn't take anything. It just says, God, can I just, you already know this, but I just got to dump. I got to share my heart. God, I'm struggling with this. God, this, this is what I, I just want to see happen. There's a release that happens when we do that. And then God is able just to do amazing things in our life. Do your prayers avail much? Are you praying to make a difference? Or are you praying to get stuff? God wants a group of people to pray. He is calling his church for this country for this world for the people down the street you know we have all kinds of tools we have this bless every home website where you can actually pray for people by name that live right around you all you have to do is sign up it doesn't cost anything and you can pray by name 
you can pray for this church and say, God, just have your way. God, whether it's 30 or 3,000, God, just, just do a work in this church. Just whatever you want, let, let, that, let that happen. God, you've placed me in this job or in this neighborhood because there's somebody here that you want to see your hope and your light. God, just show me. Give me the courage. Give me boldness to do that. Whatever it is, we start with prayer. We will end with prayer. And God will get the glory. If we're not praying, church, then there's no point in us meeting. Because it's not about me. It's not about a building. It's not about anything. It's about his kingdom, his will. And that's what we need to be praying. But don't be surprised when you show up one morning and God is answered. And you didn't get here early enough to get a seat. Because I think God wants to move. God is getting ready to move. We just need to pray it through. Let's pray.